Britney Spears. Britney, baby. I ain't got that boom, boom that you want. Watching me all night long. Hurry up before it's on. I ain't got that boom, boom that you want. I don't think you should wait. One minute might be too late. Everyone, I would like to welcome you to the Original Doll Iconography. I'm your host, James Rodriguez. On the Original Doll, I unpackage music with the people who were there. And at the same time, we give back to charity. For more information, visit theoriginaldoll.com. Big shout out to my Patreon supporters. You all rock. And as with every and all things with the original doll, any audio recording ripping stealing is strictly prohibited in every country in the world. So if you see anything leaked, please report it. Now, today we are going to get down to the boom boom. We have returning guest, arranger, and our person on Britney Spears is in the zone. She says, Steve Lunt, the greatest AR guy in the world. Thanks for having my back and being on the same page. That's right. We have returning guest and friend of mine, Steve Lunt. Steve, thanks for coming back today. Thank you. I'm uh Happy to be here. Thanks, James. Oh my God, this is fun. Now, uh, a lot of the listeners were kind of going crazy when they were we were talking about Boom Boom in a previous episode because you mentioned your admiration towards the song. And sure. then people were messaging me going, oh my God, James, you need to talk to Steve about this. And everyone, we've, we're going over pretty much every Britney song. We've done most of the uh, In The Zone album. But a lot of people were like, wait, he was an arranger on this song? What does that mean? How did this happen? You've been given props for this before so let's rewind back this song i got the boom boom is britney spears featuring the yin yang twins Hi. so let's talk about how those crazy guys who are not twins everyone breaking news they are not no. twins no. how they got brought onto the project and how they came onto your radar um well first of all they they came onto my radar because i mean i'm not quite sure like I think I I think the so I felt the song needed something extra than just what we had. It needed kind of a hype track, what they what they called a hype track in those days. Just you know some some guys going yeah yeah you know like and that. But then just that alone was kind of kind of just cheesy, you know, on a mm -hmm. on a brand new record. If we're gonna have like any guest artists on there, they gotta they gotta come with something, you know, something some personality, some you know some sizzle. And I'd seen their their video nagging. Um, I was aware of them, uh, I believe, at least to some degree, from the uh, from the uh, Get Low with uh, mm -hmm. with with Lil Jon. Yeah, <laughs> they, they they were they were on there. Um, but there again, there was like everyone seemed to be on that. It was like Lil Jon and the East Side Boys or something. Mm -hmm. So I was kind of aware of them from that. But when I saw. Uh, nagging i saw the video for that you know i, I said oh, the, i like these guys they just made me laugh from the moment i you know they were in your face and and so kind of um gritty you know and just mm -hmm. just out there but they they had their tongue firmly in their cheek as they were doing it you could tell it was just and it was fun i just loved it you know so um i think i might have got in touch with their uh with their manager a guy called dj smurf I mean, that later okay. changed his name to Mr. Collie Park or something, I think. I don't know. Yep. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but um, but D, he was kind of managing them and uh, and recording them. Um, and he was kind of like the secret ingredient. He kind of knew how to push all their buttons and everything. Sorry. Um, how to push all their buttons and and get things going. Um, and I said, I really want them, you know, I really like to try them out on this, on this Britney record, you know, could they mm-hmm. write something for me? And then, so they did. And they, uh, and then they came up to New York and uh, we got them in the studio and battery studios in the, in the jive building. And uh, I've still got some photographs from that session, which oh I, yes, which I which I sent to you. Yeah, <laughs> I mean they're just so funny, you know. They they were a little disappointed that Britney wasn't there, mm-hmm. and, you know. But there was a copy of uh, Rolling Stone that the that when she did the front cover of Rolling Stone, mm-hmm. I think she was in her underwear or something. I can't remember exactly what the picture is, but they um, but but they they treated that cover as if she was there and they were, they were <laughs> so like we don't have her personally but here's a photo yeah. of her yeah <laughs> uh and they were hilarious i mean i love these guys uh, they mm-hmm. just they were so great to work with and um and you know they were just so good to work with and so much fun to work with they just mm-hmm. brought their own energy you know to the uh you know to the party that that just was not um you know, you don't find that in every in every rapper. They they sort of got the tongue in cheek aspect of working with Britney. There was kind of a like that kitsch camp aspect, you know, to these oh, yeah. guys from these guys mm-hmm. from the dirty south working with this, you know, squeaky clean, well, not maybe not quite so squeaky clean mm-hmm. from down south as well. You know, mm-hmm. so um, you know, Louisiana. And well uh, and and I, I wanna I wanna say that at this time, like that whole crunk music genre was yes. really was still, I mean, the Yin Yang twins, all of them were able to bring that, they weren't the first people to do it, but they really helped bring it to popular ears, popular radio, if you will. And what I loved about it was when I first heard about it, like MTV, maybe a month or two before the album came out, they were like, Yin Yang twins are going to be working with Britney. I'm like, what is that going to be? What in the (laughs) world? Because we're just getting out of the whole Britney time, the Britney album, you know, and so... I didn't know what to expect, but I liked the crunked music because right. for me, they were camp without even trying to be camp. Yeah. It was so yeah. tongue in cheek and their lyrics were smarter than people were even, oh, yeah. I mean, even some of the Absolutely. critics would give them credit for. Yeah. So you going, let's see how this combination works with Britney, who, yes, she had the Neptunes right before there, but right. still a lot of people considered her like this Swedish teen pop. Right. This change the game sonically i think well we, for you her. know nelly had also been part of the uh you know part, part of the the jive mm-hmm. scenario with uh in sync i think we had them uh was it? Mm-hmm. and then um you know so you know now i know he's not crunk or anything but he had to me he had that same sort of um um like a, just a feeling of fun and mm-hmm. crossover oh, yeah. appeal to him he could he kind of half sang half rapped and i the way i look at at uh but the yin yang twins too i see them as singing i you know obviously they're mm-hmm. not you know and they're screaming but to me it's like singing they're singing like they're they're sort of kind of melodic in the way they go about it and um and i like that a lot so you know you weren't the only one who was curious to see how it turned out i <laughs> I, I was and so were other people so were many other people at the label who were who looked at me a little bit sideways when they said I was bringing them up. Well, and that's the thing. It's like to many people, like Britney's last single for from the Britney album was like anticipating, which 
if that's your, and depending on where you were in the world, there were different singles and things like that. But I think what this did was really elevate Britney again to, and we talked about this within the zone is that this was sonically off the charts from everything that was before, like the Neptunes helped kind of bridge that gap for Britney. And when I first heard it, I was like, Oh, this is fun. Because for me, Britney was always energy and fun and tongue in cheek. So many people said, what Britney's music did was she had the ability to be tongue in cheek. She was walking that line yeah, on so many yeah. different things. Right. So then. So this, like you, okay. you, where you, you say that uh, it was a jump from the prior thing with anticipating. I mean, I can't imagine much more of a jump from uh, Josh and Brian to oh, yeah. the yin yang <laughs> twins. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's a grand Canyon right there. <laughs> it's amazing. But so let me ask you this though, when you're working on this, do you know as soon as it's the song really comes together? Do you know? Okay, we got something special. Like it was it instantly when it was kind of put together. You're like, this is something. Oh yeah, really good and special. Yeah, when they got behind the mic and they just started jamming on stuff and doing ad libs and just messing around and having fun, I said, this is definitely going to work. You know, because we already had Britney's vocal on there, so they were playing off, you know, the vocal and. um and, you know, and then we got Brittany to do that little bit of intro, like, um, you know, about the Southern boys or something she mm-hmm. says on that first little spoken intro, you know, and then the banjo comes in. It's for all those Southern boys out there. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like, <laughs> I just wanted to be like a sort of a Southern sh- kicking record is what i wanted but but still with the pop appeal of uh you know of britney so just you know if you take something like remember milkshake that song milkshake at least yep yeah you know that was i mean that wasn't a template but it it showed that there was that there was more to that crossover between between rap and uh you know and and pop that, that, mm-hmm. could, that could really work you know so that kind of gave me confidence to know if they come up with the right rap and they understand the humor of what we're doing, then, uh, you know, like sexy without being actually really sexy. It's kind of just mm-hmm. it's cartoon sexy is what it is, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it makes you, it makes you laugh and smile. And as long as they got the joke when they came in and they weren't trying to be too serious with it, then I, I just had a feeling that this was definitely going to work. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that it came across so well because the opening track in the zone, Me Against the Music, that was, and at that point, we didn't have albums of Britney Spears filled with featured artists. Right. This right off the bat, Me Against the Music, boom, right there. And then the second yeah. song on in the zone was this song featuring the Yin Yang Twins. And those two songs couldn't be more different. And the crazy thing was how there were so many reviews and everything because anytime there were reviews of britney of course at the time usually they wanted to go okay she's not good this is not great blah 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 you know like they always want to jump on these 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 teen artists specifically women but all of a sudden this comes out and they go we don't quite know what she's doing because like some of the press (laughs) hearing boom boom outrageous toxic every time everyone is like we don't quite know what is happening here but it's something big that is happening and something big for her because right. at no point in this song too, boom boom, was did it feel not genuine to Britney? Because she's a Southern girl, and she talked yeah. about that. So to me, that made the most sense. It's like she was, she would be like, "I'm just a little Southern girl," 
And in this, she really got to have fun with that. That's right. It wouldn't have been a new experience for Brittany to, to, you know, to have that kind of humor and, and that kind of, you know, raw, ready, rough and ready approach, you know, in her life like that. So as this was kind of created, you knew, okay, this is definitely going to be on the album. And some people were shocked when, when you had said, you know what, this would have been a good single option. No, now, many I people thought, said- I would have loved it as a single. I could, and the thing is, it was like performed, there was given promo. And for, for listeners, this is what's amazing. I've researched radio logs. The order of the songs that were released to radio for Britney, it was Me Against the Music first, then Every Time, then I Got the Boom Boom was the third one. That was played on the radio a week or two, even before Outrageous, Toxic, everything else. Wow, I didn't know So radio stations were picking up on this and you were giving them, as the project, you were giving them Me Against the Music, this kind of epic moment, this marketing moment, but then the ballad of every time that there was so much discussion about what was that about? Is it a response to Justin? Then you had this and they all gave different sides to not what you thought Britney was going to do. None of these had semblance of Max Martin. He wasn't, you know, in this his project. Well, this, was, this was the idea is that, you know, my whole goal in this, my whole vision for for helping you put this record together was, was that I, I wanted it to be um, all different kinds. Of, she likes all different kinds of music, you know, and so mm-hmm. do I. So, so this wasn't a struggle for either of us. We just said, let's, I'm just going to like, packing the best songs we can find. I don't care what genre they're in. If we like them, we're going to do them and see how they work out. And the and the unifying factor is that you can only get it with with artists like Britney um, when they're iconic, is that the glue that holds them all together, the string that ties them all together is her voice and her personality. As soon as you hear Britney's voice, you know it's Britney. So it's, it's not like you suddenly think, well, is this Mariah or Britney? You know, you don't, mm-hmm. you don't think in those terms. Yeah. Just, That's Britney. So, um, so th- that was a luxury to be able to have because then we could play, we could play a lot more cards, you know, than than most people can. You know, we had a larger hand to play from. <clears throat> so then we got, you know, we got electronic stuff with Toxic. We got the ba- piano ballad with with you know type of piano ballad with every time, you know, we got the electro sort of urban club thing with uh, me against the music with Madonna on it. Got, I got that boom, boom, a bit of, you know, a little bit of um, the dirty South and a little bit of crunk, you know, with Britney and the yin yang twins, you know, and then we got things, you know, like breathe on me and everything, which is a lot more ethereal and, and dreamy. We got all these things on the same record. You could never do that on her first record. But by the time it came to this one, I thought that was, I thought that was maybe its greatest strengths. And I think that's why it really still holds up today. Cause I think out of all our albums, um, it's the one that has the most stylistic variations from track to track. And that appeals to me. I think that gives it legs when you come to listen to it, you know, mm-hmm. you know, you don't well, sort of get stuck in one groove and that's it. Well, and that's what I was going to say, because we talk and, and for those first time listeners, welcome for those returners, welcome back is you were there for the developing those, those early demos all the way through this album, you know, my prerogative, the greatest hits, the chaotic albums, uh, all of those things. And then Blackout was the first post you album. And the funny thing is how there were so many people that were involved behind the scenes that said, we wouldn't have got that Blackout album had Britney not been afforded that freedom 
to try all those different right. styles in in the zone. Because the thing is, I think people look at it now and it's easy in hindsight to put them all together, go, well, this makes sense. But when you look at it at the time, there was a lot of pressure on yeah. you all to deliver an album worthy of it being a Britney album, but also going, well, Britney, just like the rest of her listeners, they're becoming adults now. Their right. style of music is going to change. And you gave something for all of us because I've been able to interview songwriters and producers on almost every song on in the zone. And most of them, if not all of them said, Steve and everyone just said, do whatever, create whatever you want and then bring it. Not, we're going to go this one specific route, which is why there are so many different styles right. and, and textures and tones on this. So bravo to you all for creating something so versatile without making it seem like it's a hodgepodge of greatest hits thrown together. Right. You know, and and also bravo to Britney for being able to pull it off because it doesn't matter what kind mm -hmm. of vision I have for something. You know, I could have this grandiose vision and and feed my ego and say, this is what I want to do and everything. And then, but if the artist can't do it, then it's just, it's just stupid, you know? So um, her, her talent and her, um, and her flexibility stylistically um, it gave me the uh, it gave me the thumbs up to be able to do this. You know, it gave me the nerve to be able to to be as as pompous as I liked and to, oh. to sort of go for all these different <laughs> different styles. You know, that's and, and, awesome. Um, you know, I think there is so so. You know, I think it's it's down to her really. Well, and so then let me ask you this because on the toxic episode, which we got a ton of responses, people were like, "It's one of the best conversations that we've had on this," where it was really where we talked about all of these different songs and really the production side of it and how you were fighting people at the label to include toxic on in the zone. Now everyone is just like, it makes sense to have that. But at the time you're putting together stuff that they're like, what are you doing, Steve? Like, do we need to take this wheel away from you and let somebody right. else drive yeah. it? Yeah. Right. When, so when this comes in, what was that? Do you recall what the rest of the label's kind of response was to I Got the Boom Boom. Were they welcoming to this? Was this more of a well-received song than, let's say, Toxic was for the label? Do you recall that? Um, I just remember that the, the reaction to it after it was finished recording was better than the than me explain it to, explaining it to them ahead of time. And I find, this with, I find this with a lot of... Um, a lot of executives. In fact, Barry Weiss is is one of those that is. It's always, as I think I've told you before, Clive Calder, the head of the label, always used to tell me that that Barry is the best, you know, promotion person. When he hears the final record, he he really knows how to promote mm. that to radio and and work it. But don't play him demos. Don't play him works in progress because he's not a musician and he doesn't really. His ears don't really. At that time, maybe they've you know got different sense, but at that time he couldn't really hear if you sort of said, well, I'm going to have a different bass in this. I'm going to have a keyboard. It's like, that was like Spanish to him, you know? Mm -hmm. So, so I would try to explain my thought process as little as possible while we're in the process of doing it and, sense. and then just playing the final thing. And I mm -hmm. don't think it ever, I mean, it, it was definitely up there in discussions, uh, you know, maybe for a single, but it was, it was definitely one of the stronger tracks. I think that it got, it got reaction that way. Yeah. Yeah. It just felt because it felt natural and it felt fun. Well, and that was the whole thing. Like this allowed Britney to be this album specifically. Like we talk about the importance of the Britney album and that was important to her growth. 
Right. I think that this was really, I'm a woman. This is liberation. This is what I want to do. And over the years, even in interviews that I've seen, that that I've heard of, in all of the people that had meetings with her, had worked with her in the studio, Brittany always had a very eclectic taste in music. That it wasn't, I'm listening to this pop song. It usually exactly. was something completely, like, she's like, let me listen to Enya and then Speed Mel or, or Crunk music where her right. taste varied. And I think this really allowed her to really represent her at that time because Alex Gregg's Josh and everyone said, Brittany loves telling a story, having fun, but also loves those tender moments. And you all gave tender moments on this album so that it was a fully well-rounded woman on her journey. But what I loved is that, honestly, this could be seen as a really stylistically great greatest hits album because it was not cut and paste of the previous song or any other song in there. Right, right, right. And working with these people, and what was great is not only was she working with people that were already certified hit makers, but you all took a chance on many people during this time that were not afforded that option before yeah. you were given these, these <laughs> yeah, yeah. people opportunity and everyone, you know, everyone talks about it. Lauren Christie talked about it with the matrix. You know, we had all these people just talking about you opened the door to allow them to create as a creative person, but also like with tricky and all these other people that you yourself even and there's and everyone don't worry we have more coming up because there are songs that didn't make this album with other people and there are there are so many how do I say collaborators that you even like Brittany this would be a good collaborator and maybe it didn't work out for whatever reason we're going to talk about those later everyone we're not going to get into those yeah I mean I mean and I'm really touched by the fact that uh, that the producers and and writers say those things about me because that's <clears throat> that's kind of to me like like the like the ultimate um, pat on the back, you know, for me is uh, the creative people that I work with. Cause I was one of them, you know, mm -hmm. um, to, uh, to tell me that, you know, and to remember after all these years that I, you know, how things went down, that's, that's so gratifying to me. And it's, uh, you know, you were kind enough to send me a couple of links to the yin yang twins um, this morning that I listened to where they, they remember my name. They remember I was English. They even make fun of my accent in these interviews. <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> yeah, I know. And it's 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 just amazing that that these guys would even remember who I was, you know, as opposed to just like, you know, the white guy at a, a jive. That's kind mm -hmm. of what you expect, you know, like, yeah, some guy got in touch with us, you know, that that type of thing. But no, he remembers, they remembered my name, you know, the, what I said to them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> just, well, mean, and this is decades later, decades yeah. later, this is happening. I know. I know. It's 20 years later. And, you know, and I must say, while we're talking about producers here, the um, I'd be remiss if I didn't um, uh, give a, a massive shout out to Roy Hamilton, who produced um, I Got That Boom Boom. He did a, uh, again, he hadn't really worked with Jive Records before, and it was, you know, I was taking a chance with that too, but I just liked the track, and he was very open to suggestions. I think, I believe the the banjo idea was mine, you know, and and certainly to repeat it and then repeat it at the end three times. It's like, because I really wanted that down home thing, you know, being an Englishman, like to have a banjo mm -hmm. in there with like cronky, <laughs> this kind of, I love that sort of mess. You know, you might not have thought, thought of that unless you're English because, you know, I, mm -hmm. I didn't have those restrictions of growing up in this country. So I didn't, um, you know, I, I didn't, 
there were no boundaries for me. It was just like, oh, that sounds good. And that was enough for me. So I just wanted to give him a, a massive shout out because I wasn't the producer on it. I just came up with some ideas, but he was the producer and did a spectacular job. And then the other thing I want to say is that on the ABC special that Britney did with the yin yang, you know, with, when she did, I got that boom, boom on, on the ABC special with the yin yang twins live. Um, they were just so good. I mean, mm -hmm. I can't get, that was a, that was a fun, that was a fun few hours putting that in that show. And I know Britney said the same thing herself. She said, that's when all this was fun. You know, I went in there and I couldn't, can't believe how much fun it was just for that short amount of time and look at the impact it's had, you know, and, and, you and what's the, and, and sorry with with that with what you just said for those who might not know what we're referencing to is that Brittany within the past year has said that ABC you know in the zone special that that was her like favorite thing to do because she was like we could rehearse and do it all at one time one yeah. space one time and it's one of the most well received even by fans that are just like it was peak Brittany because not only were we having fun watching her, she was having fun was definitely having doing fun. this. The energy, if you look at that that track and if you look up uh, Britney, I Got That Boom Boom um, ABC special. If you look up that on, I think that's how it's written. But if you search that on YouTube, uh, you'll see it. It's just like, it's just energy from beginning to end, that whole thing. Britney's at her best. Yin Yang twins are just like in your face when they have to be and and then sort of kind of invisible when, you know, the camera's not on them. And the energy from the thing and the crowd is, is just awesome. I love that clip. And it's, to me, looking back at this whole time in this song, you could tell when an artist really can vocally perform it because on that track, when I put that CD in, I was like, oh, this is Britney just having fun with so much energy. Right. And where it wasn't cheesy, overdone, and she wasn't trying to mimic anything. No. Then to see her with how she moves with the song. That's the other thing, too. Brittany, you talked earlier on. She's like, I, I know what kind of video I want this to be. I know what kind of dance I want this to be. This is prime Brittany where she gets to not only express herself through the lyrics, but also physically. She's a dancer that likes to tell stories. And so when you see her moving around on stage, she owns the stage and it's not she's not in front of the Super Bowl doing this huge thing. She's in front of an intimate group, all eyes on her, and she's giving it to you like you're watching the Super Bowl. She has yeah. that thing. Yeah, absolutely. No, she was she was great on uh, on on that day. She, you know, she really has the ability to, uh, you know, to bring that stage alive whenever she starts. You know, at that period in her career, she was just in total control of the audience and and her dancers and what she wanted to do. She was just. You know, she, she was the, the the racehorse that everyone else is trying to keep up with. Like that. Well, now that we're coming kind of towards the end of this, I'm going to let you think about this ahead of time. What are oh, three God. words you would use to describe I got the boom boom? So I'll, I'll let you think about that. But everyone have no fear. We have a ton with Steve Lunt coming up. And many people are like, James, are you going to release these episodes on Monday, Tuesday? Steve and I try getting as much done as we possibly can, but also whenever we uncover information that like, whether it's old emails, faxes, newspaper articles, we want to keep as much great information in there as possible. So Steve has been kind to spend, Steve and I talk every day and we have for like a hundred years at this point now when he was just a baby and I was 300 years old, uh, <laughs> but we have, we have such a fun time. So everyone, if you've not listened to the other episodes of Steve Lunt, check them out. 
We have a ton coming up and don't forget, you could send messages, hit me up in, uh, on Instagram, my DMs, the.original.dell. Shout out to Patreon. So Steve, rewinding back, what are three words you would use to describe, I got that boom, boom, Britney Spears featuring the yin yang twins? You know, this is the worst part of my day, right? Oh, yes. Oh, okay. Um, the writer can't write everyone. He can't yeah. come up with okay. words. <laughs> These are my three words. I would say um, sexy is the first. Mm -hmm. The second one is two words, not sexual. Um, nice. And fun would be the third one. It's like sexy, but not sexual. So, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, if you got to know the difference between the way those words are used to, to, to be able to understand what I mean by that. There's nothing mm -hmm. gross about it. You know, mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's, it's sexy in a fun way. You know, it's, it's mm -hmm. just because it's Brittany, there's nothing overtly sexual being done in her dancing or by the yin yang twins. It's just, mm -hmm. it's just flirty, you know, and I, you know, and it's of the time and it's so much fun. Well, and you mentioned that before on how you it would be easy to go the gratuitous route with the lyrics, with all this mm -hmm. stuff. And it takes that mental energy, that capacity to go, no, 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 we're not going to go for the low hanging fruit. Right. We're going to create music that is smart and that is not gratuitous. And I think it goes back to the whole walking that line. Like her music has always been able to do that. Walk the line. Right. And, and you know, and it's funny because we've, you know, in, in the past, we've tried to get, you know, we had tried to get, um, you know, I tried to get sort of raps from, from, from rappers to do it. And everyone came up with the same thing about shaking the ass in a club. And like, you know, mm -hmm. like it was just, it was kind of just corny and, and kind of creepy, mm -hmm. you know, like to have these older guys talking about Britney in that way. But there was something totally different in the way that Ying Yang twins um, approached it. It was, it's more in their delivery than it is in the in the words, you know. I mean, and there's rappers that could have made that sound like just disgusting, you know. The same, mm -hmm. but the Yin Yang Twins make it sound like, as I said, it's cartoon. It's cartoon rap in a way, and mm -hmm. uh, and and as I told them at the time, they were pop pop stars in my book. You know, they were, uh, you know, that's what they said in the interview. Oh yes, and it, and it reminded me that I did say that. Yeah, that's what <laughs> that's what attra attracted me to them. You know with the, you know, the braids and the gold teeth and screaming into the microphone. And the other thing is that, that, you know, they both had disabilities, you know, um, you know, one had like um, kind of his had a, you know, his, he was born with one of his hands with the fingers being very small or just nubs really on the one hand. Um, and the other one was, it was some form of um, disability where he walked with a limp and that's how they got together. It's because they both mm -hmm. sort of, um, you know, made fun of and everything, and they both decided to to do this one day, and then and it evolved into what it is. So, I I, I just like their whole story, you know, and, mm -hmm. and then suddenly to be on ABC TV with, uh, uh, you know, with Britney Spears, mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's kind of cool to have been a, an instrument in helping that happen. Well, and the fact that they, you know, referenced you by name, yeah, Steve Lunt, he's crazy. this white British guy, that is, and that is crazy. I mean, absolutely yep. crazy, you know. And it's but not just one, it's it. not just one interview. This has been several interviews, you know, as recently as like a year and a half ago type of thing. But so and you know, it's it's not an ego thing either. It's not, I'm not mm -mm. saying, oh, it's great that they know my no. I'm not saying that from an egotistical point of view. It's just great mm -hmm. because you know, you, you don't work with somebody, you work with them for a short amount of time, 
and you believe that you were kind of instrumental in 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 part of their development in a certain area and it's just great for that to be recognized or somebody just to remember remember that that happened as opposed to it just wafted you know like a lot a lot of artists they'll suddenly start to take the credit themselves and this this that, mm -hmm. you know, and they you know I, I did it all and everything it's a that's the nature of the beast and it's the nature of people's personalities too especially over time suddenly it was them who did everything you know and so it's just really refreshing when when people you know like tricky and yin yang twins and uh you know and, and others can just you know just come out and say you know steve did this and you know he gave us a shot doing this and at least get a little bit of recognition that way it's so nice mm -hmm. see and i love that everyone don't forget to follow us on the original dial iconography. And I say us, Steve has been the guest forever. At this point, he's a permanent fixture. But what I love is you've been able to allow us to fall in love again with these songs and get kind of the production behind it. Because oftentimes people try to rewrite history. Oh, yeah. And the great thing <laughs> is with you and I being able to get faxes emails like actual things that are like yep this yeah. here it is i said it on this day this is what we we're looking for and i think and sometimes i get it I, I get it wrong in the telling to you and i go back through through an email or whatever and uh you know that i, I find an email and so oh, you know like when we were talking earlier and i thought that um that that the yin yang twins uh that one of the songs that i was impressed with at the time was salt shaker but it turns out that that was only released maybe a couple of months before in the zone was so mm -hmm. so chances are i hadn't actually heard that at the time but i, but I do remember nagging being being a big one that i liked but of course oh, yeah. salt shaker was so like you know so that only goes back my memory isn't perfect on these things either but i but you know what it's a lot more accurate than some of the some of the reviews i've read by people who had nothing to do with it you know so there you go and that's well and that's the great part we actually get to talk to somebody who was there who was there in the studio who's there in the meetings who was there with britney spears so steve thank you for that and everyone we have a ton coming up and yes we're gonna get through to the chaotic era i'll just say the chaotic era and maybe an original doll or five or twelve coming soon steve thank you so much for being with us today you're welcome jimmy <laughs> love it <laughs>